to talk Tennessee football is now. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off, the longest-running talk show in the state of Tennessee with Tam Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Call in now at 656-9900 or 866-656-9900. Sunday Sports Sound Off, sponsored by Safety Systems, Lexus of Knoxville, ANLRV, your East Tennessee Volunteer Toyota dealers, TVA, Wow Cable Internet and Phone, Window Works, Rusty Wallace Kia on Callahan, Salsaritas, Fox 43 Sports, National OT Clinic, and Kimball's Jewelers. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Hines. We're the backup quarterback. Seems like when Florida plays a backup against Tennessee, that guy plays pretty well. And he did again on Saturday as Florida beats Tennessee 34-3. to That's the fewest points Tennessee scored against Florida going back to 1994 when Tennessee was shut out. Welcome to Sunday Sports Sound Off. Sunday Sports Sound Off brought to you by Window Works, family-owned, founded in East Tennessee with only American-made products. Uh, the Vols couldn't get their offense going. They end up benching Jarrett Garantano at halftime. Came in with the freshman, Brian Maurer. He wasn't very effective at times. They came back with Garantano. But the offense just could not get going, and the result was a 31-point loss on the road. Tim, your, Tim Irwin, your thoughts on Tennessee's performance against the Gators yesterday? I think Tim Priest said it best. I was listening to his broadcast and watching the game, and he, he said, uh, Florida's not stopping us. We're stopping ourselves. And I think that was the story at least of the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, so many key mistakes, untimely penalties. Uh, exactly what you don't want to do in the swamp is put yourself in second and long, third and long. And we did that over and over again. And then our response would be, would cover up our tackles, keep extra blockers in, only send three guys out in the route and not have anybody open. But the penalties were just just killers. Almost every one of them neutralized a big play. Then Florida goes down the field, zip, 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 start the game, and we answer with um, an interception on the goal line, which is disheartening when you're on the road and you're a young team. Um, that came after forcing a fumble. That came after forcing. Yeah, I mean, we did some yeah. good things. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was as the, – the score doesn't indicate – uh, the levels of talent on the teams. I don't feel like the talent was that disparaging between the two teams to have a 34-3 score. We just made bonehead, sometimes bonehead, uh, plays at crucial times. Uh, the penalties just uh, seemed like it was Murphy's Law again. Seems like it's been that way all year. When it comes time to make a play, or we do make a play, something happens to nullify it. How do you get a delay a game after a quarter break? How does that even happen? I had two of those. After the quarter, mm-hmm. and we get a delay a game. Yeah. How in the world? I mean, what in the world could happen that caused you to get that penalty? And these breaks are like three minutes. you got plenty of time to, <laughs> to figure out the, what you're going to do. You know, the one penalty on Trey Smith... His hand's hung up. He's making a pretty good block. I can kind of excuse that one. The others, I can't excuse. You know, the one on Jennings running into the 
running into the uh, receiver on the punt. I'm trying to think, what's he doing out there? He's probably our best offensive weapon, and we got him covering punts. I guess he's the best we got at that, too. I don't know. But just kind of nonchalantly, he didn't hit him that hard. He just ran into him, just didn't stop when he saw the fair catch signal. Uh, the the one by Calvert was ridiculous. I hate to see that he got hurt later in the game. I think he rolled that ankle pretty good. Um, but the the late shot, if it hadn't been a late hit, it would have been a clip. Uh, ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. And the two delay of game penalties, we've already talked about them. I and we, we're not good enough to get behind the sticks uh, on offense. And we had a tight end running down the middle of the field. We missed him. We have our best receiver go across the middle on the goal line, goes right through his hands for an interception. It's just uh, one of those Murphy's Law. Our best weapon last year seemed to be throwing the ball out in the flat to a very gifted back. It seemed to have a knack for catching flare passes and make 40 or 50 yards. We can't complete a flare pass. Six balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. Uh, my goodness, we got to do some fire block and hit them low and get their hands down. You can't raise your hands up if somebody's hitting you around your knees. You're gonna keep you got to keep your hands down to fend them off. Uh, too soft on the play action passes, and Florida was able to to stand on the line of scrimmage. Most of those weren't blocked with penetration. Most of them were blocked at the line of scrimmage. So, I did not think Piron. I think it was Piron. I don't think Piron got in at the end of the first half. I thought that was a fine goal line stand. Uh, they called it the play stands. They didn't say uh, what's the other terminology they use? Confirmed. Confirmed. And maybe there wasn't enough where you could see exactly. But I didn't think he got the ball across the line. I thought that was a great stand uh, by Tennessee's defense. I thought they. Handled Florida's run game pretty well most of the game. They had one drive where they went down the field running the football. Other than that, I thought they played pretty well. It could have been a very close game, except for our mistakes. Like I said, I don't think Florida stopped us as much as we stopped ourselves with poor execution. We'll go through uh, some thumbs up for Tennessee. Daniel Batuli with a couple of sacks. One of those forced to fumble. That was recovered by Henry To'o To'o, and I thought To'o To'o played well once again. Uh, there's an offside to this, but Juwan Jennings, seven catches with 72. We'll get to thumbs down later on one of his. Theo Jackson with an interception. Uh, he is uh, He's played well at safety. I think he's done a nice job since he took over as a starter. Yeah, I don't know. I can't – I don't know enough about defensive back play. I, I think I know why the middle of the field was open all day. And I think that has something to do with the safeties and maybe sometimes Theo Jackson – I think we had to blitz so many linebackers to get pressure that we left the middle of the field open. Right, that's what I thought happened a lot. Yeah, I think that happened some, but I, I can't I can't say that he played a bad ball game. No, I can't. I don't know. Alante Taylor got an interception in the end zone, but that was also thanks to Theo Jackson <laughs> tipping a ball on a on a long pass. Brent Smigley makes another field goal. He's now nine for nine. Uh, the run defense for about three quarters. I thought they did a nice job in that regard. It looked like they might have tired a little one, bit. One drive just, yeah, one late drive just yeah. uh, devastated us. Uh, some uh, some thumbs down. I, I thought the uh, the pass rush without the blitz was not very good. They couldn't get to the quarterback without blitzing. 
Uh, couldn't uh, couldn't stop Kyle Trask. Trask was 20-28, 293 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. It looked like skeleton drill out there. You know what skeleton drill is? That's where you'll have only the linebackers and defensive backs. There's no pass rush, and the offense is working against the defense. That's what it looked like out there. I mean, it could take all day, dance around, move left, move right, keep looking, keep looking, and then fire the ball. I mean, that, you can't let them do that. Three 15-yard penalties on, on uh, late hits. Those were Jennings, Smith, Calvert. Uh, also, um, the uh, delay of game penalties on a couple of times after stoppage of play. Here was another thing I saw. Tennessee was still trying to line up when Florida snapping the ball. I thought it was better this week than yeah. it has been, but I still saw too much of that. Mm-hmm. Guys moving left and right. I mean, how can you get a pass rush? When you're stemming left and stemming right while they're snapping it, you can't. Uh, no, nah, signals are something's being communicated too late, or guys aren't getting a communication and reacting in time. I don't know. Join Jennings drop in the end zone, which could have tied the game at 7 7 at that point. That was in the first quarter. Uh, Garantano did not play well. He was 10 of 17, 107 yards, two interceptions. He threw two interceptions all of last year. I mean, you see three all of last year, two were against Florida. So now he's got four interceptions in two games against Florida. And he got benched at halftime in favor of Brian Maurer. Uh, then th- this was uh, this is kind of a thumbs down to Florida, at least in my opinion. So Kyle Trask leads a touchdown drive, and Florida puts in Emory Jones, three and out. Trask leads a field goal drive. They put in Emory Jones. They don't move the football. I don't know Why? Thank good thank goodness they did put him in. Yeah. I I think it's <clears throat> Mullen. He has to have a running quarterback on the field yeah. some of the game. I don't think he can live without one. Also uh, a thumbs down, Garantano missing tight end Dominic Wood Anderson, who was wide open. <clears throat> I don't know about his speed. Could he have outrun somebody to get to the end zone? I don't know. But it sure looked like a fifty or sixty yard gain oh, wow. in the making. I and mean, nobody even in the same time zone. It was uh yeah, it was bad. Third and long. So Tennessee eight times faced at least third and seven or longer. Third and 13, 14, 7, 16, 8, 11, 10, 10. I think they ended up converting two of those, but that is not the way you want to deal with Florida's defense. Um, also, I, this is a pet peeve of mine. I don't like these swing passes that are potential laterals. Throw the ball at least somewhat forward so there's no debate about that. I don't know if that's on the receiver or the quarterback. Uh, one pass was definitely behind the receiver, so I'm going to give that one to Garantano. The other pass, I'm thinking our running back wasn't where he was supposed to be, is is my thinking. I don't know that either one of them were laterals, but they were close. One, The first one looked more of a lateral than the second one to I agree. me. Uh, but too close. Yeah. I mean, but, and, and I saw Florida run a similar play, and so Trask led the running back with a pass more toward the line, so when he caught it, he was moving forward. I don't know. I, I don't like that setup. Of course, I don't know how many times we tried to run that play or a similar underneath route that got batted down because we weren't getting the defensive line's hands down. That led to my next one. There were, I, I, I wasn't exactly sure there were either five or six balls batted down, five or six of them. I think it was six. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's an awful lot. Uh, also, just a couple of the notes about the game. Uh, Florida was without its starting quarterback, its best pass rusher, and its best cornerback. 
Uh, Tennessee was without Will Ignott, a linebacker who did not make the trip. Pruitt said pregame that it was not due to an injury. And then Jameer Johnson did not play. He's an offensive lineman that you could argue was their best lineman a year ago. Uh, the other thing is Tennessee, I thought they had to win the turnover battle by two. They lost it by one, four turnovers to three. Uh, also, I thought there was an interesting comment from Pruitt. We don't have many guys playing winning football. That's been evident. Well, that's, when you're one and three, you usually don't. So that's uh, those are some of the comments and some of the uh, observations on Thumbs Up. Uh, if you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Good morning, gentlemen. Hope you're having a good one. And uh, uh, thank you for taking my call. Yes, uh, just a couple of quick observations. Uh, I think the, the town got it wrong again, or at least a lot of the town uh, the, the duped into foolishness because they were able to beat Chattanooga 45 to nothing, that they were expecting something big today. Uh, I didn't expect something big today based upon what I saw in the first two games as well as uh, – the third game, as far as I'm concerned, was a scrimmage to hopefully iron out some problems, but that's just, that's just my thinking. Um, I believe that, uh, that, that UT now has a really good chance of winning three games this year. They have a decent chance of winning four, and if they really get their act together, they possibly could shoot for five. That's, that, that, that's, uh, I, I, think, I think UAB's in the book. Vandy is maybe 75% in the book because you never know. They scored a lot of points against a good team uh, yesterday, even though they didn't show much defense. I believe that there, there is a scary possibility that we could win one more game this year. Um, I also want to say that I don't like some of the, the way Jeremy Pruitt talks. I'm not talking about his dialect, of course. Uh, uh, I'm talking about the things that come out of his mouth. Uh, I don't like when he says stuff like, uh, well, uh, my kids play T-ball, and, and in T-ball everybody gets to play, but here everybody who's the best get to play. Well, heck, man, you're making $4 million a year. You're not the T-ball coach anymore. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Of course you play the best players that are healthy and able to play unless they're in some kind of disciplinary situation. And, and it, uh, things like that, that just, uh, it just annoys the dickens out of me when I hear stuff like that. Um, I think that, uh, uh, that, that there's a, uh, a problem that we've had in selecting coaches. We select coaches, and, and this is going back to the last decade of problems, who are very good at their ability to be coordinators, a la Dooley, a la Kiffin, a la uh, Pruitt, but they don't know how to make the step up. We've, we need someday to have somebody who's an established guy like Mullen get the job. I know he couldn't get it because he ran away from this one. He got a better one. But bottom line there is I think we, we got to stop hunting for people and, and, and hoping and praying that they're going to make it to the next level well. Uh, lastly, I just want to say that I've got my orange T-shirt on today. I love UT. I always will love UT. I'm sad for UT. And, guys, I appreciate what you do for us. Okay. Steve, we appreciate it. Um, I will mention in, in regard to to Dooley, when Dooley was hired, he had never been an offensive or defensive coordinator. He had been a recruiting coordinator at LSU. He had been a head coach at Louisiana Tech, and he was coming off a 4-8 and eight record. Still you know, a head uh, scratcher. I talked, I know a couple of guys at the Cowboys, and they really liked him mm -hmm. when he came to the Cowboys as receivers coach. They, uh, 
they really liked him, thought he was knowledgeable and uh, brought a lot to the table. Uh, I don't think he was unintelligent. Uh, I think he came off as cold, and I don't think his I think his recruiting suffered a little bit some of the years he was here. But uh, no, he was very well thought of at some other places. I won't argue that he did a pretty good job with Dallas. He he, I don't think he was he was ready for Tennessee. I think he made a lot of mistakes at Tennessee. He ran off VFLs at practice that if they didn't call or do whatever he said they had to do, one of them being Eric Berry, which was pretty silly. Um, but he just wasn't ready for this. And he acknowledged to Jason Witten that he made a lot of mistakes at Tennessee that he'd like to have corrected. But, um, yeah, it, look, Tennessee, the jury's still out to me on Pruitt, but they've made bad hires. Some of their coaching hires are hot. Lane Kiffin was not even on my list, Tim, when they hired him. There were a whole bunch of others they interviewed. I wouldn't hire Dooley, and I wouldn't hire Butch Jones, but they did, and um, they've suffered for it. I, uh, I think um, we've got to start playing. We've got to start making good decisions and good plays at crucial times. Every time there's a crucial moment in the game, it seems like this year we've taken that opportunity just to step in it, be it penalty, be it missing a wide-open receiver, be it uh, our best receiver on the field, dropping one that hits him almost hits him in the face mask. Uh, I think we've got to rise up at the big moments, and that's what this team's not doing. When we come back, we will have more. Uh, if you want to join us, 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. Uh, we are brought to you by Window Works. They offer financing for up to 10 years. They are also East Tennessee's window-insulated siding experts. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. I just kind of saw it bang, bang, but... Looked like it hit him in the hands, you know. Uh, you always want your hands on top of the ball so the ball don't flutter up right there. Uh, but if it hits us in the hands, we do need to catch the ball. I don't know exactly how it looked there, but that was a big play in the game. That's Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt talking about the interception when Garantano threw it to Jennings, went through Jennings' hands, picked in the end zone. A play uh, early or midway in the first quarter, which would have tied the game at 7 7. Instead, uh, that was the closest Tennessee came to scoring a touchdown in the 34 3 loss. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Soundoff with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. Let's go back to the phones where our next caller is Jason. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, y'all. Uh, I'm just, uh, it, to, for me, it's a little bit frustrating to hear. Every game, it seems like the loss is blamed on the offensive line, and and years past, especially the last couple of years, it just seems like you know maybe that's true. But this year, so far, in my humble opinion, I feel like they they've been doing a pretty good job, um, considering they were up against a really great defense. They they seem to give, especially Garantano. Uh, an awful lot of protection, and he just couldn't get rid of the ball. And I understand if nobody's open, you know, that's one thing, but he could get rid of it out of bounds like uh, like the backup did. So 
I, I don't know. It just drives me nuts hearing everybody blame the offensive line when they really played their hearts out. I mean, they they, they looked like they were trying on every down. So I, I don't know. Tim, how would you assess the play of the offensive line this season and in the Florida game in particular? I thought they played um, – they had a fair outing on Saturday. I, I'd like to see them get a little bit more yardage on the ground. They weren't getting many negative plays running the football. They were getting ones and twos and threes instead of fours and fives. But I thought I was impressed with the surge when they put the big package in on the short yardage, which has been something we've struggled with. I meant to give that a thumbs up. They put Greg Emerson, a defensive tackle, at fullback, and Quaverius Crouch, a linebacker, was the running back. And they picked up four yards on a third and one. I think Florida had four sacks, which is too many. A couple of those, I think, were covered sacks where no one was open. And I think the reason for that is – we went into the game giving the line a lot of help. Um, we kept in backs and tight ends that uh, chipped on some of their better pass rushers. I thought the negative thing was the six block passes. Some of that's on the line. Some of that's on the tight end and backs. When you're running a play pass action or a screen pass, you got to get the defensive end's hands down. The way you do that as you fire out low at unprotected body parts and make them put their hands down. That's just what you do. You cut them, you hit them low, you make them you make them put their hands down to protect their bellies and their knees and you don't you, you don't stand up and let them know it's a pass right off the bat. You got to make it look like a run up front and I thought we did a poor job at that. I want to compliment our center uh, here we are in a hostile environment, about as bad as it'll get. And we don't have any fumble snaps. Uh, he had one offside penalty that was called on him. I'm not sure what happened on that play. But I think overall, he's had a pretty solid year. He struggled against the big nose guard at BYU. And that guy's a beast. Everybody struggled against him so far this year. But I think he's played pretty well. I think Trey Smith's playing better than he did when he tried to come back last year. I think Calvert has done better at pass blocking at right tackle than I thought he would. Uh, I think Wanye is, uh, from game one to game four, has made tremendous, tremendous improvement. Uh, so I would say things are going at least in the right direction. I agree with the caller. I don't think you can pin the loss on the offensive line yesterday. Um, lack of pass rush. And lack of execution at crucial times, just not making the big plays uh, when the you know your best player's getting the ball in the end zone on your first chance to score and it goes right through his hands. Yeah, your your big knockers uh, didn't come through for you at crucial times, getting silly penalties, etc. You can't win on the road when you turn the ball over four times and you stop all those drives, those pretty drives with penalties and get behind the sticks. No, I think he makes. I think you make a good point. Well, thank y'all. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Let's go to um, Michael. <clears throat> Michael, you're on good Sports morning. Sound Off. Good morning. Hey, good morning. <laughs> I, refresh my memory. I'm, uh, if, if memory serves, on Thursday or Friday, it was Tyler or uh, or Will in the morning show was talking about how the backup quarterback for for Florida Gators trash was 
hasn't started a game since his freshman year in high school, and I, I couldn't I couldn't understand what they were talking about. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, uh, and that was a junior varsity game, based on my understanding of talking to the Florida media. When he was in high school, and I think he's from Texas, when he was in high school, he got beat out by a guy named Derek King, who's an outstanding quarterback for the Houston Cougars. He's really, really good. So he got beat out in high school by a very good quarterback, and uh, he ends up going to Florida, and he got beat out basically by Felipe Franks. He is a redshirt junior. So that is correct. Now, he came off the bench a couple times last year and had some decent performances. He came off the bench against Kentucky and played really well in that fourth quarter. But that is true. He had not started a game since he was a ninth grader. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I don't know what's going on. I, you know, as a Georgia fan, I would have thought Pruitt would have been a great hire. That staff is in position. You've got studs and the coaching staff at every position. It just doesn't make sense that it's not coming together. It is hard to figure. Uh, I'm not married to the star ratings, but before the year, ESPN came out with one of their situations where they talked about who's got the most talent in the country. So what they did was they basically analyzed who's got the four and five stars, and Tennessee had either the 14th or 15th most four or five stars in the country. Now, again, I'm not married to that, but that would suggest to you you do have some good players. Uh, To contrast that, Missouri – had eight, but Missouri beat Tennessee fifty to seventeen last year. So it, it sometimes that's hard to figure. Mike, when I look at Tennessee, I don't see a team that I think is blessed with a ton of talent, but they have more talent than they've played. They play below their talent. There's no excuse for losing to Georgia State, and they should have beat Brigham Young, in my opinion. Yeah, that yeah, should I have been. Know. I think it's it a... should have been a close football game yesterday. I don't believe the score is indicative of the levels of talent that were on the field. I don't think this is a great Florida team. I'll say that after seeing them against our guys and after them winning 34-3. to I think Florida always has great defensive backs with a lot of speed. They still do. I think they got good pass rushers that jump the count, particularly when they're at home. Uh, I think they still do. They're athletic. The best players on the field are usually their ends and their corners and safeties. I don't think they've got a good offensive line and running game. Uh, I want to see this quarterback with somebody in his face and see how he reacts. Uh, Like I said, it looked like skeleton drill, seven on seven, with no lineman out there in the game. It just looked uh, like he could stand back there as long as he wanted and wait for somebody to win. And uh, that puts our DBs in a tough situation. What, what do you think Truett's approach is? I mean, where, where do you begin to try to get this, this team up and get them going again? That, that's got to be tough sledding in Knoxville. Thank you. Thank you. Look to the individuals and, and concentrate on everybody doing their job. And don't worry about team. Worry about your own job. It's what you do when you're going through a period like this. And worry about your play and not about the play of the guy next to you. What does Pruitt do? He starts playing younger guys and continues to play young guys. Uh, the chances of us making a bowl game at this stage are, are slim. It could be it could be done. It's not impossible, but it's slim. When you're one and three and expected to be three and one, you're really behind the eight ball uh, starting out. So I think he starts playing younger talent and getting them ready for the future. 
We're going to pick up on that when we come back. If you want to join us, 656-9900. We are brought to you by Window Works. Window Works is, uh, if you need new windows, they will improve the curb appeal, saving you money on heating and cooling costs. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. Um, pretty much, um, it looked like cover two to me, and our rules convert versus cover two, and that's exactly what I did. So, no matter if he didn't see it, I didn't see it, we just got to be on the same page. Tennessee receiver Marquez Callaway talking about the miscommunication on the pass from Jared Garantano that got intercepted. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. Tim, I did want to ask you about this. You said time to play younger players. Is there a concern going in that direction of benching seniors who have been playing well? I don't think you bench the ones that have been playing well. You bench the ones that hadn't. Um, There's not uh, a lot of big goals left Mm -hmm. after the start we've had for this year. There's big goals left for the program. And you start realizing that, like I said last week, if it's a tie between a fifth-year senior and a freshman or a sophomore, then you put the freshman and sophomore in the game, you got more upside, you got more chance to improve with them than you do the fifth year senior. That's just realities. You know, my son had a good career at Duke, but I told him, I said, Connor, you'll play more as a junior than you will as a senior. Keep that in mind. Cause by the time you're a senior, David Cutcliffe will have brought in better recruits and they'll have better personnel. And that's exactly the way it worked out. He started I don't know, half a dozen games as a junior. By the time he was a senior, the talent had caught up. And I think uh, some of that will go on here as well. I think that some of these recruits will start to uh, mature and will outclass some of the older players that are on the roster. I will tell you this. that Somebody pretty close to the program told me that after being at practice, and this was a a few weeks ago, he said that the coaching staff didn't feel like there was one bust among the freshman class. Freshman. That's pretty strong. If you hit on every one of them, now that doesn't mean they're all going to be great players, but all of them could we play. We got a this linebacker that's, that's playing extremely well. Yeah. Toa Toa. Is that how you say it? Toa Toa. Toa Toa. Toa Yeah. And Crouch it, is pretty darn good, too. Crouch is playing good. Uh, junior college transfer defensive lineman playing pretty good. Uh, or uh, transfer, I guess. Savion Williams? Solomon. Or, or Solomon. So, Solomon. He's a transfer, transfer. Transfer. Correct. But he's new to us. He's playing. Right. He's playing well. Uh, I think some of the young linemen look pretty good too. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not unimpressed with them. Gray looks good at uh, mm-hmm. at running back. I think there's uh, some good looking young defensive backs back there flying around. Uh, sophomores and freshmen, a lot of them. I think that there is hope for the program long term. This year doesn't look, and and we've got to have a quarterback making winning decisions and winning throws at crucial times. I've been in games that we have won 58 to nothing and played terrible as an offensive lineman. I've been in games where we lost 58 to nothing, had the best day of my career. And my guy never got off the line, but somebody else's did. That's just the way it is. It's so important what the guy behind the center is doing. Let's go back to the phones. Brad is our next caller. Morning, Brad. Morning. Morning. How y'all doing? Good morning. Yeah, I just got a, I got a lot of questions, really, but I'll, I'll just uh, uh, say a, a couple few things off the top of my head. Uh, 
I mean, I, I you know, I think this, uh, I think this team is, I think this team's, I mean, this, we're a quarter, a good quarterback away, uh, well, a good quarterback and some experience away from being a, a four and zero. I mean, or well, three and one. Uh, I think we could beat Florida probably with a with a, a good quarterback and a lot more experience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like y'all was just saying, I mean, it's, it's this young talent we got, I think it's really good. I mean, uh, and it's going to get better. I mean, point is, I mean, people want people want to fire through it, and I don't think that's the answer. Uh, uh, because I mean, who's going to come? I mean, it just it's just sets back that much more, you know. Whether so, he's uh, whether he deserves it right now or not, Jeremy Pruitt is bulletproof. Let me say that right now. He he right. almost cannot be fired this year, both economically and program wise. It devastates the program to change head coaches again. It devastates yeah. every relationship you had with every recruit out there that you've got locked down. It's too big a risk to fire him before next year. He'd have to ha- he needs to have a good year next year now or he's got trouble. But you, I'm you just hoping they commit. Yeah, you can't. You can't do I'm just that. Just hoping the commits we got now, you know, stay if we go two and 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 ten or whatever. You know, I, I don't know. That's what it's looking like. To be honest, I, I don't even know if we can be be at this point. I I, I don't know. But uh, you know, uh, you know, I think Pruitt. I mean, just like uh, you know, but Belichick. It took him a while in saving. He wasn't that good at Michigan State. I remember when Belichick, uh, Belichick had I, Belichick. He paid his Brown. dues for to get to where he is. I remember. He got yeah. Cleveland. I remember the days at Cleveland. I was in the league at that time. Yeah. You're right. He wasn't. He wasn't all that great. No, Saban had some uh, struggles too. That's right. Yeah, I mean uh, Saban you know, didn't do uh, well in the pros. Up. That's for sure. Yeah, he, right. he came back to college quick. Oh yeah, and I mean you know I don't like some of the things I like Pruitt. You know I, what gets me about him more than anything as far as uh, on, on the field uh, before half we don't try to score. You know every game it's like we don't we don't try to score when there's like a minute or two on the clock. I mean we just basically sit on it, you know or whatever. And that, that drives me crazy. It's like man, come on, throw some points up, try to anyway. But I guess he feels like our offense is. Ain't capable of doing it anyway. I don't know, but I don't know what it is. But I, I don't, I don't I think he has a lot of faith in the execution of the passing right. game right now. There were right. there were some people. Can't, can't Brett, we appreciate it. it. Okay, thanks for the call. Right. Yeah, we had some people that were saying, well, "Why didn't he call timeout in the first half when Florida was driving?" And my thinking was, "Well, even if he had and got it back with forty-five seconds left, he don't do anything." So I don't think he cared because he he's not aggressive at the end of the half. And trying to score. Uh, let's go to David. David, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, Tim. Hey, Jimmy. Dave Elkins over here in Franklin, Tennessee. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, I'm a 61-year-old VFL. I uh, went to my first uh, Florida game back when I got out of high school in 1976. And uh, Florida beat us, uh, beat us in Knoxville that year. And I've been to every game since then. And they beat us the majority of these games. Uh, yesterday, obviously, was no different. I guess the purpose of my call is that uh, uh, we can sit here and talk about what Florida does uh, does good, what Florida does uh, not so good, other schools do good and well. Uh, what we're not good, doing well, obviously, is the quarterback position, which I think is a shock to Cheney and the staff up there. Uh, I don't think uh, Nostradamus could explain what's happened to Jared Ganantano's ha- uh, head 
but something's happened. And uh, secondly, uh, I've canceled my reservations to stay at the Hampton Inn downtown on West Main Street. I was going to roll in on Thursday, talk to the old-timers at the cigar shop there at Smokey's, and then do the food tour, the city tour on, th- on Friday afternoon and, mor- and morning. It, but I, I canceled this morning because um, I've never seen the program collapse like this uh, ever since I started going to games there up at, as a 15-year-old in the early 70s. Um, it's an embarrassment. Uh, we expect more out of this program. And even with all the challenges that the quarterback has suddenly thrust upon this coaching staff, there's a lot of other things going on up there. And, Jimmy, I saw that ESPN ranking you talked about on Five Stars earlier. Yeah. We were, UT was 14th in that stack rank. Yeah, okay. Um, I thought it was fascinating. But uh, the the program essentially has collapsed. And uh, they go down to Florida, get beat uh, 34 to 3, endure all the heckling down there from that fan base, and then sit here and just say, hey, look, you know, Georgia State was an aberration and uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's. The, I don't get it anymore, and I'm not a young person. I've watched a lot of Tennessee Florida games. I lost to watch Tennessee games in general. Um, uh, leadership up there, uh, I, I think, on the academic side of the house and the athletic side of the house is questionable right now. And it, and if schools like Auburn can get athletes to come to that little city down there, or people can go to other small like Tuscaloosa. We should be getting better talent in there. It's not being shown on the field. And now uh, the, the, the word doubt has entered a lot of us old-timers' minds regarding the leadership up there. Pruitt may have exemplified the Peter principle. He's reached the highest level of his incompetence. I was excited to hear that Cheney's spending more one-on-one time with Garantano to try to get inside his head and figure out what's going on. But I think there needs to be a little more candor with the media in Knoxville because I understand optimism carries the day, but I've been hearing about, hey, we're going to turn around and start being competitive with some of the upper-tier schools at SEC for a long time now, and it's gotten worse. So I know this is not a popular call you guys like to hear, Tim, Jimmy, but uh, us old-timers, you know, I'm canceling my reservations. I'm not coming up there. And, oh, by the way, one last comment. I've gone to every UT Florida game since uh, I believe it was 92, I think, uh, or uh, uh, down there in Gainesville, I think it was nine or ninety-one, maybe I can't remember. It was early nineties. Um, that was the smallest Tennessee uh, alumnus base I've ever seen down there. And uh, I'm not coming to Knoxville next uh, next week for the Georgia game. I was, but um, I've given up on this year's team. But anyway, thanks for taking my call, guys, and letting me have my say. Much appreciated, Tim. Jim, you take care. Uh, okay, David. Um, what David's saying, Tim, is a concern going forward. We've talked about how. It's probably better for your Tennessee fan base to be angry than apathetic. It sounds like apathy struck with David because he's not coming. Uh, also, the, the student attendance has been pretty woeful the first three games. Um, I just showed you a list of what Tennessee has done in this decade from t- 2010 to 2018. It was something that we did uh, a few days ago. Wasn't sure what the result would be. But Tennessee is 12th out of 14 teams in the SEC as far as win totals this decade. Uh, it's been a – this is – I'm going to guess this is the worst decade in the history of Tennessee football. I can't think of one worse so far. Let's figure out who to blame. Well, I think uh, a lot Vilify of it, them. <laughs> I think a lot of it goes back to the coaches that you hired. Mike Hamilton contributed to that. 
I think so. That was um, made a couple of hires that weren't very good hires, and that started the spiral. I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Kiffin leaving the way he did. You know, the game, the year, the year Kiffin left, we play Alabama too. Uh, a block field goal yeah. wins, wins the game. 12 to 10, that's the year yeah. Alabama won the national championship. Yeah. Now, say what you want to about Lane Kiffin. Monty Kiffin, his dad could coach and is a good guy. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin, I don't have very much good to say about him. I didn't care for him when he was a ball boy at Minnesota. But I liked his dad. Uh, Dooley probably make a fine coach one day. He seems to be doing okay running the offense at Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wasn't ready. We hired him because of his last name, I think. I agree. And, you know, Butch is a big jump from the Mac to the – is it Mac? That, are they in the Mac, Cincinnati? What are they in? Uh, I think it was it American. American. They were, a big was, jump. Yeah. Big jump. Uh, I thought his teams played aggressive and played hard. It's a big jump. I mean, the SEC is the elite conference in, in, uh, in the NCAA, and it's uh, – it's a big jump. There are no easy ones out there in the SEC. There are no weak sisters. They're all tough. That's Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. We're brought to you by Window Works, A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. When we come back, we'll have more. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. I mean, of course it's frustrating, you know. Um, we work hard, you know, in practice for situations like that. And when things don't go our way, you know, it hurts. But, you know, um, defense played good. They played great, actually. And we just, offense couldn't take advantage of it. Tennessee wide receiver Mark West Callaway talking about the turnovers that the defense got for the offense and the offense inability to take advantage. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. Uh, let's go to the phones where John has been waiting patiently. Hello, John. Good morning. Morning. Uh, my 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 question is this: uh, Yesterday, when they had the ball down at the goal line, where they threw the incomplete pass to Jennings, why, in your opinion, do you think we didn't put that linebacker package in to run the ball there? I don't know. On um, second and three is where we we ran the ball and made it to the three yard line. We started at the at uh, eight. Eight. So we've had a five yard run, and then we followed that up with a play pass that, in in respect to Jim Chaney, it was wide open. Uh, Florida kid made a good play and blocked it at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that was the down to run on if you were going to do it, and then third down, I forget we come back with another pass. But that was one that Jennings went through his hands. That's the one that went through his hands and was the interception, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I I can't really fault his play calling too much. I just fault the execution. Uh, I would have liked to have seen us put that big package in there. Sure, I'm an offensive lineman. I like to road grade people. Uh, but it sure looked good the one time they used it. I did think that was mm-hmm. a positive and bodes well for the future. But I think uh, – you you think we'll see it more probably at the goal line maybe in the future? Yeah, it was it was third and one, and we got four yards, three or four yards on it. Yeah, I think we'll see it. Looked pretty good to me. One of the better pushes they got. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let's uh, go to Adam. Adam, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Hey Jimmy Tim, good morning to you guys. Morning. morning. Hey. Uh, 
I'm just real concerned about. I mean, this. I'm for. I'm. I'm gonna be honest. I think we're looking at a two and ten season if things don't uh, gradually get better. I mean, this Florida. Florida is nowhere near where they used to. Yeah, they're not. How they're number eight is beyond me. But uh, they're. Uh, that's not a. That's an average at best of a Florida football team history, and I think a lot of Tennessee fans would agree, and I think a lot of fans would agree. I, they didn't impress me against Miami. Uh, should, should have lost last week against Kentucky, and uh, I just think this Tennessee team is. I think I thought 2017 was bad. I think I think this this season's going to be worse. Now I hate saying that. I've loved Tennessee my whole life. It's all I ever know on Saturdays, but the, uh, and UAB's not a given, and I hate saying that, but I think it's true. Uh, it's, this is a bad team with a lot of uh, question marks. Uh, I guess the only question I got is more towards Tim, since you, I guess you played and been at a high level. What's what's more important? You think uh, if you were a football coach, building building a program was is offensive line or quarterback play? Just just and just the fact that you know, games are won and lost, especially in the SEC on the line of scrimmage, but it's or or quarterback. You know, what's what's if you, if you were to build, which, what would you try to get first? Quarterback. So first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Offensive line be down there about ninth. I mean, I'm serious. Quarterback by far. After quarterback. Lockdown corners. After corners. Pass rushing defensive lineman. After that, a great linebacker. Uh, after that, wide receivers that can play. Offensive line be way down the list. You notice them when they're going bad, but uh, yeah, you can you can make it with a weaker offensive line. Quarterback's paramount. Quarterback is paramount. Uh, I've, I've I've seen some decent quarterbacks win in this league. For instance, Greg McElroy. He wasn't a great quarterback, but uh, he managed the game and didn't didn't make mistakes and didn't beat himself. And that's why Alabama succeeded under him. He just he went there and managed the game, and I just. There's more to do than just making passes and just and you know and, and throwing the deep ball and being money. It's just being smart and managing the game. And, I mean, Jerry can poor Jerry can't do that. And it's just a lot of question marks. And I, you know, I'll stand by it. I don't, I don't see this team getting any better unless we have a, you know, we've looked bad the last five games. I'm not going to count the Chattanooga because that, that, let's face it, that, you're, you're playing if. Uh, very very low division one team, but the last five games dating back to Missouri, we we we've looked horrendous. You know, you know, just especially on offense. I can't agree with you. I think you answer your question though. It's definitely the quarterback. Well, I mean, like, like I said, you you, you played been that level, so that's, I want to get your opinion. I just I, I just think that's our two biggest question marks: offensive line and quarterback play. And then, like I said, there's a lot of question marks, but I think those are the two biggest. Question marks right now, I'd say it's defensive line and quarterback. Uh, yeah, defensive line's got to step it up too. Now they're not very pass good on rushing the part of line. the defensive line. Yeah. They played good against the run yesterday. They did better. They sure did. Uh, but uh, yeah, this this team has a a long way to go in a lot of different areas, and um, we'll see if they can get there. And really surprised at uh, that Garantano's uh, regression. It'll be interesting to see what Tennessee does quarterback wise. We'll delve into that uh, in our next segment about quarterback, about how Mauer played, about what Tennessee is going to do at that position. Uh, also, uh, we'll go through the SEC scores. Big game last night. In fact, uh, Georgia with a 23-17 win over Notre Dame. Good football game. Enjoyed watching that one last night. Uh, also, um, last night, San Jose State beat Arkansas. Not a good look for the SEC in that game. Uh, and uh, when we come back, you can join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. 